0: The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network, and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 115. Lieutenant West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here,
1: commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed, you say that a
0: lot.
2: I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do.
0: It was never about going home, it's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barrazzini, and you're listening to the Secret to Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. It's good to have you back, Father. We've uh, we've missed you here. So it's good to be back. back. Between
2: a couple of trips and just bad scheduling, I've you know jumping through that wormhole all the time. Yep. You know, you lose track <laughs> yeah. of time. No.
0: Awesome. Today we are discussing the 7th episode of Season 6, Shadow Play. The Stargate is activated, and Stargate Command is contacted by a member of the Colognean government. The Colonians want to re-establish trade relations with Earth in exchange for Nequadria. SG-1 travels to Kelowna to meet the, with the Colognean Council. But the Council is reluctant to reveal the existence of the Stargate to their enemies. Jonas Quinn's former mentor, Dr. Kieran... Reveals that he is a member of an underground resistance movement that wants to overthrow the government. SG1 learns that Dr. Kieran is schizophrenic and that the resistance movement does not exist. The colonial scientists were exposed to Nequadria an radiation and developed uh, mental issues. Dr. Kieran's symptoms are a result of the same condition. SG1 returns to Earth with a large cache of Nequadria, and Dr. Fraser tells Jonas that there is no treatment that can reverse the damage to Dr. Kieran's brain. Meanwhile, Jonas does not know if the colonians ended up going to war with their enemies. It ends on a very upbeat note there. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this episode, father?
2: Yeah, I, I like this one. We get to see a little bit more of Jonas's uh, people. Jonas is not quite as a eager puppy dog as he is in some other episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you've talked about some of the other ones where he, he, he's almost like, Oh, I've learned everything about this. I've read every book yeah. about this." He's He's not like that in this one. You know, he very much is, down to earth, we see him as more as part of the expression human. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, we get to see his emotion and everything, you know? And so it's, it's really good for that. It doesn't end on a happy ending either for, uh, for, uh, uh, Dr. Kieran or for the Kionin people. We don't mm-hmm. know what the results is at the end of this. So it, it, it's, it's a good episode. It really is a good one. Um, and it's, it's one that I, I like watching, especially with, uh, as we will talk about shortly, Dean Stockwell. Yes. Of yes. course. Anything
0: with him is fantastic. Yep. What about you, Victor?
2: No, I like
1: this one uh, very much as well. We we do get really good guest performances from Dean Stockwell, um, as, well as well as some of the other uh, performers here. What I like is, you know, even over the, the short number of the few number of episodes we've had so far this season, we've we've had some hints that, you know, Jonas is regretting to some degree his his move in that he can't go home again And in this episode, he's presented with a choice where, you know, how long has he been on Earth? Just a few months. You know, if if he Mm -hmm. gives the Colonians basically jet airplane technology, how does the jet engine work? You know, nothing Mm -hmm. too major we'd consider, you know, he'll be welcomed home with, with open arms. And so there is this undercurrent through the episode of, like, what will he choose? Will he choose to, you know, go home, which is, you know, clearly something that he wants to do, or will he remain loyal to the SGC of the people who kind of took him in. So it's a really good episode and we get a really, it's a really heartbreaking episode too. You, you They do some really good misdirection with the whole resistance subplot. And then mm-hmm. when you realize that, um, you know, his, his friend is just in kind of, you know, mental decline, uh, it really hits close to home for anybody who's had relatives kind of, uh, you know, go through that process as well. So it's 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 really it's really heartbreaking um on on many levels but but very good um yeah i like this episode
0: it is good and i like that i like that. nothing really gets tied up neatly like s g one gets the they end up getting the naquadria because uh dr Kieran has been smuggling naquadria to the resistance which he's really just sticking it in the ground in his little shop um but under his delusion, he thinks he's taking it to the resistance. So they end up taking that, which mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure how I felt about that. <laughs> like, I, I understand that they need it to fight the Gould, but diplomatically, it's very sketchy. And I feel like morally, it's very sketchy, too. Like, you got what you needed, and now you're going to end up leaving these people in the lurch, even though there's not like there's not a lot they can do to help. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just it seemed like we need to put a bow on that subplot so they can get what they need to move the plot forward. But I don't know. It felt, it felt icky to me.
1: Yeah. Little, I guess it's just the same as if they just found it on the street, which, you know, maybe they, sh- they would want to declare that, but you know, the colonians would have just used it to increase the yield of their bomb, which the whole thing is that is there's this cold war. There's the three nations on, on the planet. The colon is one of them. The other two nations, which historically have hated each other, have signed a non-aggression pact as a prelude to invading Kelowna. The only advantage the Kelowna have is that they possess the Naquadria and have mm-hmm. tested a small uh, Nequadria, uh bomb, which, uh, you know, far exceeded their expectations. And so the whole drama here is like, OK, you give us jet engine technology, we'll at least be able to shoot down their planes or we'll be forced to use this this bomb, which could, you know, as you know, destroy our world and the humans are like well we 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 can't give you the weapons because of that whole thing with René Aubersonois you know and mm-hmm. the other side episode mm-hmm. and and basically leaves the colonians with no option other than to you know new use a incredibly powerful nuclear weapon against their their enemies um if they choose to do that but so it it is one of these where suddenly there's a prime directive you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and,
2: well it's it, yeah it, And it's clear that they don't have a problem giving primitive technology or giving technology to primitive people. It's getting involved in a cold war because this is this is basically World War II era technology that Mm -hmm. this planet is on, and they're looking at having their version of World War II. But it's it's there's three major powers, not multiple like we did here on Earth, and so it's going to be two versus one, basically. And they're also
0: kicking off the war already having the bomb which that didn't come to the end of world war ii for us
1: but i guess if 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 like aliens descended on russia in like you know 19 whatever it was 1940 41 and said and russians said oh you know these these germans are amassing tanks along our border or whatever can you give us incredibly powerful weapons to defeat the the germans i mean this might be a bad example i mean Mm. What's the, who's to say the Russians wouldn't immediately turn on the British and the the Americans? And, oh, they would. Yeah. That's the thing. As we, we found out after World War II, they would. <laughs> yeah, you know. and so yeah, you, you kind of have to internalize it for our, for our own country, and you know, or the Germans are saying there's Russians massing tanks along our border. Please give us you know the death ray. And um, but you know, it's so it is it's easy for us to kind of like say, you know. Oh yeah, these none of these nations should have our superior technology. And, and but you know, if the roles were reversed, do we feel the same way?
0: Probably not. But yeah, yeah, and I guess I guess the best case scenario, and of course this is all speculative, obviously, but the one good, and I'm putting good in big air quotes, mm-hmm. outcome of the nuclear bomb is that. Because it is so powerful, it kind of it stopped the war, at least in the eastern, not the eastern, the uh, Pacific theater, and Mm -hmm. it is mutual assured destruction has prevented us from getting into another major war like that since World War II, and we could hope that that would be the same thing for the Colonians and their planet, but again, who knows? So, well, this is yeah,
2: this is a material that is so much stronger than what we used in our you know, they talk about too much of it would basically destroy the planet. Yeah. Right. One bomb could have, destroy yeah. the entire planet, you know? And so, I mean, this is you know much higher level. Cause we're talking about, of course, alien sci-fi technology here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but, and and then there's also the issue of if the Gua'uld finds out that this planet has this material, has this Nequita, all of a sudden, Nequadria, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we need some mines and you guys are our slaves. And of course they bring that up, you know, it's yep. like, we, you know, we're, we're trying to use the, the earth earth is trying to use this technology to develop shields and weapons that can be used against the gold and the are like, great. Give us some.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's this great scene in there where, where they're like, you know, the earth, the earth people are trying to convince the, the colon government, you know, just, just tell your neighbors about the stargate. That'll unite everybody against the common oh, yeah. enemy and it will end the war. And they, they turn that around and say like, Oh, just like you've told all of your uh, you know, adversarial nations about the stargate and how that's ended war and <laughs> and
2: conflict on your country. Yeah, and Sam's yeah. got that look on her face like, like, "Can I just take back my words? Forget, yeah. forget I ever said that?" You know, and Jack's "Very like, good writing." Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I liked that. That was really good. We have a uh, Joel Joel Sweeto is the uh, uh yeah. minister. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's been in all sorts of things. He's I, I recognize him most likely from star Trek. Cause he's been on multiple mm-hmm. different episodes, but yeah, he's, he's really good. I think he's on the Orville too.
1: Yeah. yeah he played Gul Jasad. I think in the, in the pilot episode of deep space nine, but I'm not what sure. Whatever. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, and it's interesting too, cause the colonians, you got the three of them. You've got the, the, the first, first minister, you've got the, I can't remember what, what the uh, lady, what her position was. Ambassador and, then you've got and the, the commander. Yeah, yeah, the ambassador and then yeah. the military officer, the military the head of their military. And at first they're almost they're almost unlikable. At least, you know, when you first yeah. kind of meet them, they're they're kind of yuck, you know. But as they go along, you actually see that they realize the problem with Dr. Kieran and they're they're trying to work around that as they're trying to get help for their military, for their their support. And suddenly you, you kind of see the softer side of them. You kind of see that, no, they you know, they, they really are, they do have what's best interest for their people and for father, father, Kieran, or doctor, excuse me, Dr. Kieran. Yeah. <laughs> did I say father twice? I bet I did. But anyways, yeah. And, and doctor.
0: <laughs> right. Cause they have that whole, uh, the minister tells, uh, basically asked Jonas to spy on the, on Kieran for him. And yep. early on the episode, that is put forward as because he's part of the resistance and he suspects that. Uh, and it turns out it's because they know that he's in this deteriorating mental state and they want to see, they want to be able to monitor him without him knowing because mm-hmm. he has schizophrenia. And so he's already prone to be paranoid and that would just elevate that. Um, and at the end of the episode, you really see like, what an impossible situation they're in because they're going to have this war whether they want to or not and they have a weapon that can possibly help but it might also destroy their planet and Mm -hmm. they're really just asking for help and of, of course on our side we understand why the United States government would not want to give jet weapon technology to another country because historically giving weapons to less advanced countries doesn't really pan out but... It's kind of one of those no-win scenarios.
1: Yes, <coughs> yes, excuse me. Um. <laughs> well, and it, it's they already know about jet technology, and they're developing it. They just right. want, like, the final little push to get something that works. I think there's a movie. What's that old movie? It's not old, but it's from the 80s or 90s millennium, I think, where a bunch of, like, F-15s go back, you know, to 1941, and they get there just in time. They could stop Pearl Harbor, you know, that oh, sort yeah. of
2: thing. There was, there was also a, one where... a uh, uh, I think it was the USS Midmate, one of the mus- one of the aircraft gears, same kind yeah, of thing. That was, that uh, the was final cool. countdown. Final That's countdown. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, where they, they go back to they, they actually see on their radar the, the Japanese aircraft coming in, and there's the whole conversation whether or not they should stop them. Of course they just at the end they decide not to because they can't they don't want to change history.
1: Yeah. But it's a little bit different in this case, I guess. But yeah, I was just thinking about that movie. I probably watched it like at two a.m. on one of our UHF channels.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss that. A, yeah, but uh, it, yeah, it's these are the best kind of episodes where it's not clean cut. What the answer is, mm-hmm. and you also get a you get to dig in a lot to the characters. Um, I would have it would have been cool to see Jonas trying to reconnect with his family. Or something like that, because I presume he has family, and they don't yeah. bring any of that up. And I, I understand why. But.
2: they've any t- any? I don't think they've talked about him at all about his family. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. they, you know, mentioned parents or something like that. But I don't recall him. I don't think ever they talking ever do. about. Yeah, that. yeah. Even when they re- kind
1: of revisit Kelowna in, in season seven, I don't. You know, there's a new character in his life, but I don't think it's it's not. You know, his family doesn't come up.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm l- yeah, I'm looking on the, the wiki and there is nothing like in his, uh background information about family at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I actually got to, to listen in on, on a Twitter space. And for those who aren't familiar, Twitter sometimes has these, these things called spaces where someone hosts it and anybody who wants can listen in and they have designated speakers, you know, so it's kind of like a live podcast or radio show. And, uh, uh, someone hosted uh, Corin Nimick a few a few weeks ago, and he was talking through his career how he you know got started in in Parker Lewis was on the stand, and then how he got the uh, the role for SG One, and it was like very much that he was in the right place at the right time while they were looking for somebody who could you know step in for for um, Michael Shanks, and and he volunteered himself you know because he just happened to be on the lot like while they were looking, mm-hmm. and but that first episode he did in in season five meridian was very much like a try, like that was his audition like if he didn't Mm. land that he wouldn't have gotten the role and so he was so like on edge during that whole thing just (laughs) because you know he knew that any and uh he did not like the haircut he got in uh for that episode which was you know kind of dippy but um so after he after that episode wrapped he he cut his hair really short so that they could never give him that like Mm. hairstyle ever again on on air he he made he said he made a vow that he would never have that haircut on on air uh, on camera ever again That's so funny yeah so <laughs> nice. it was it was it was a really interesting um yeah and uh yeah now he he you know he has he's able to you know write movies and star in movies and produce movies with basically his friends um uh and tv shows as well so uh nice. yeah definitely want to check some of those out cuz they sounded pretty interesting
0: nice i'll have to look into that yeah yeah i love how uh involved he is with the uh, community still yeah mm-hmm. so he's definitely one along with uh like joe malazzi's always always reaching out to people yeah and talking on there so he's another one one of the big ones on there
1: yeah he was well, very generous with his time on that uh twitter space you know he, probably like a, i dropped off after an hour and a half and he was still just answering questions from whoever wanted to pop on and ask him and stuff so well
2: and he was nice. he was wasn't that long ago someone had I think it was like Joseph Malazzi or somebody like that had, had posted about, you know, what are the possibilities of Jonas Quinn coming back in a, yeah. in a revamped series, and he's like, yes, 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 yes <laughs> yeah. please, you know. <laughs> in other words, he'd be happy to come back and, and reprise yeah. the role, which is great, you know. Shows that even, even for the complaints people have had about his part because of how they badly yeah. handled the transition from Daniel Jackson to Jonas Quinn, um, he's still willing to to take on that role again
1: yeah and he even mentioned that when they announced that michael shanks was coming back the same people who had been like you know save daniel jackson save daniel jackson get this new guy off the show were now like oh no no wait we, we like jonas jonas can stay yeah. but it was too late at that point
0: <laughs> no yeah yeah we're uh seven episodes into season six and i'm sad yeah. that he's only here for one season because i really like mm-hmm. his character
1: it 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 the benefit is 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 that it's a good season with some really solidly written episodes yeah. like this one by you know Malazzi and Molly directed by Peter DeLuise. Um who I think we hear in this episode. I don't think we see him, but he's, I think I hear, we hear. I think him off he's camera. sitting
2: in in the conference room. Okay, he's the the security policeman in the conference room. Oh, nice. I think that's kind of one of his common yeah. spots. Is he kind yeah. of just hides back there? Yeah. Speaking, speaking of actors, of course, we, we've got, we mentioned him already. The great Dean Stockwell. Yes, Oh yeah. Dr. Kiernan. Yeah, he does. amazing.
0: He's great in this role. Um, Although honestly, I've never seen a role that he's been in where he's not been great. So that's kind of just. Don't
2: watch, don't watch the Langoliers. It was a made for TV movie that he's in. (laughs) Eh, Not so much just because it wasn't a great movie. But um, (laughs) no, of course it was hard to watch him and not see either Al or, uh, uh Cylon number 1 yeah cuz of course those are the two big roles that he's kind of known for yeah definitely and i was just hoping that uh I was hoping
0: we get um totally blanking on the other actor's name Scott Bakula got to got to get him in there but yeah
1: that nah, never happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> no his his career goes all the way back to 1945 as a child actor oh wow um wow. one of the very first things he was in was uh anchors away with uh you know Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly Oh funny. So yeah, so you can watch some of those really old it's it's wild because like you watch him in Stargate, you watch him on Quantum Leap, and then you're like watching this really old movie on like Turner Classic Movies or something from like the 40s and then you're like that kid looks familiar like oh that's Dean Stockwell. He wasn't always old?
0: No, yeah, I know. It's, it's yeah. pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of those actors where I feel like if you watch anything with him from like the 70s up through now or before he passed, I think he yeah. passed in twenty one. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, he always looked like kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sounded the same too. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's got a good, a very good presence.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's what makes this episode so heartbreaking is because you're already rooting for the character. You know, it's Dean Stockwell. You know, you you, you like him. He and there's really good misdirection in this where you know he actually meets with the resistance and we see the resistance people um you know they talk to him and obviously it's in his mind later on he he meets jonas quinn out at the site you know and jonas is shooting at the soldiers you know with an intark and there's some clues there that you know coronemic placed it very flat there you know he reads mm-hmm. his lines very wooden and monotone and um so there's there's some clues there but yeah and then they they find you know they find him in the hospital and 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 bring him back to uh to earth because he's better equipped to, to be there. And then, you know, basically passes or, you know, Mm -hmm. slides away because we don't see him again.
0: Yeah. And that last scene with him and him and Jonas is really heartbreaking because he's, he's there. He doesn't really know what's going on. Um, he's getting the best care he can. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he, he's talking to Jonas and about, you know, the resistance is going to rise up and, you know, I need to help them and what's going to happen. And Jonas just reassures him that he did, you know, he did, he did what he was supposed to do and that he saved the world. Yep. Of course, Jonas is you know just comforting him, but it's really sad because I was his mentor. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Like, like I said, for anybody who's, who's faced a family member or anybody like that in mental decline, it just kind of, you know, hits yep. you, uh, it hits Mom, you there's, right there.
2: There's the one scene where he's basically talking about the, the test of the bomb and everything and how it affected him. And it looks like he's talking to Jonas and then it pans behind a computer monitor and you can't use the chair's empty. Yeah. There's nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's that's a powerful scene.
0: And it's uh there's kind of like a double meaning there because he's talking about how the bomb affected him emotionally and mentally and put him on the path to joining his resistance, mm-hmm. but the nequadria is what brought him to
2: this place in the first place and he doesn't yep. even realize that. Well, it, it's yeah. uh something that uh Dr. Fraser said is that he had this for likely 25 years but it went really unnoticed and undiagnosed mm-hmm. so it's possible he had something that was latent where he was dealing with some of the symptoms and then he gets involved with the the, the quadria testing and that's what caused it to kick in full force the way it did yeah
1: yeah i mentioned that one of his uh you know he's paranoid because he thinks a couple of other scientists have been like you know disappeared in the night when the yes they have been disappeared but it's because they also went into you know had complications from the Naquadria mm-hmm. testing and went into mental decline. And so the Colonians don't want to spark a panic among the remaining scientists, um, you know, if, if they don't have to, but it turns out they probably, they probably have to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Sam even brings up at the end that she's reached out to help the Colonians secure their facilities from the radiation so that they'll be safe at least. And she said they not heard back from them. So, it's yeah. kind of a just an all around bad situation. Mm-hmm.
1: But they make up for it next episode with a really good Fun light one. episode to balance out. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah.
0: One. Yeah. Whenever you get a heavy one, you got to follow yeah. that up with something light yeah. and comedic. I know it's called The Other Guys, but I'm assuming it is not the uh, Will Ferrell and. Uh...
2: Pretty close. Nope. <laughs> that other yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is the, that movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark Wahlberg. That's who I was thinking yeah. of. That movie it's, is It's
2: Doc, Dr Dr Flocks and Harold Green from the Red Green show. Yeah. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Seriously.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I I remember watching the Red Green show and my family lived in Alaska <laughs> and that was like on the local over yeah. the yep. air station, PBS. it was like yep. yeah, one of the only things we could get. So
2: the, So the the nerdy guy from Red Green show. Nice. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: my dad was a big fan of that show uh too. Oh, so I love watch that on so. PBS. Yeah. Handyman's secret weapon.
0: Nice can yeah, find your can hands, find so at least they'll find, you hand find your handy. handy.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. We should do a Secrets of the Red Green show. Although we'd have to watch like 20 seasons of it or something.
2: Well, that'd be great. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> could hey. probably talk about a season, a episode. Yeah, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey, I'm down for it. <laughs> I actually, this is this is Stargate related, but slightly tangential. Last night, I had a dream about Stargate, which is the first time that's happened. I've had plenty of Star Trek dreams that are, I'm sure wish fulfillment, (laughs) but I dreamed that Jonas Quinn was like trying to contact me, but no one else could see him. And so I had to figure out how to like bring him fully into this dimension so he could complete whatever mission (laughs) he needed to. And the funny thing is I hadn't watched this episode at that point. Yeah.
2: So that's funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait a couple of episodes because we do get a, a kind of, not nobody can see Jonas Quinn, but Jonas Quinn can see things that nobody else can see. Type episode. Oh,
0: maybe he yeah. can see me. There we go.
1: Maybe if. <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's wild. I've never had a Stargate dream that I can that I can recall, or a Star Trek dream for that matter. It would be cool if I did, though. I, I, those would be definitely good
0: dreams to have yeah those are the fun ones Yeah. Mm.
2: <laughs> anyways yeah
0: uh did you have any other thoughts on this episode?
2: No, like I said, enjoyed this one this was a really good one lots of good of lots of good acting, lots of good you know things to think about and topics and you know it was a great it was a very enjoyable episode to watch
0: yes um did we have any fun alternate language titles for this one Victor
1: indeed we did yes um most of them were uh you know, shadow play, and in, in, in French, of course, we get "résistance," or the resistance. In Spanish, uh, "operación imaginaria," imaginary operation, which I think is kind of spoilery, a little bit, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, and then in 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 German, you know, God bless the Germans, "ein Feind," a superior enemy. Which hmm. I don't know if the superior enemy is like the conjoined, you know, or the combined forces, not conjoined, but of the of the two enemies attacking Kelowna or, or what. But, you know, I don't know. It, it it seems kind of like, you know, I don't know.
0: Vague and. Yeah. Like the Germans
1: would say, like, but, yeah, you you had a superior enemy, so you you had to nuke them, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the awesome. only way you can.
2: Win. <laughs> at, yeah. at least if the Germans is like. Yeah. Doctor has schizophrenia.
1: Yeah, a schizophrenic
2: doctor.
0: Yeah, it sounds like something from a from like a rammstein song.
1: Yeah, Nick <laughs> doctor. Nice. He has no three in his water.
0: Hey, we need to. You need to bring back some of the. After a credit yeah, song, I've been so yeah. I've
1: been looking, I've been looking online that they that well is kind of dried up, but I'll I'll keep looking and maybe maybe we'll find
0: something for one of these episodes coming. Yeah, would be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, we do have some uh, feedback. Uh, Kate Yay! O'Hare uh, emailed us saying, uh, "Hello, Stargate team. Two quick thoughts about the Menace episode. You didn't mention how Jack guessed the Replicator origins a while back as McDonald's toys and how close he was based off the SG one story. I didn't. I." didn't actually remember saying that. So, yeah, I guess they they are basically toys. So.
2: Yeah, Well, they were. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a slightly disappointing uh, origin for them, I will say.
2: No, it's not the only origin for them though. Yes. Yes,
0: and that's uh that's what uh what she says she says second uh Atlantis has another origin story for the replicators which really adds to the confusion i found this fan site that explains the possible link between the two origins and Reese's vague background and she puts a link in there we'll put that in the show notes um i'm not adding the Atlantis details in case that would spoil it for jack leaving that up to you thanks everyone god bless <laughs> thanks cat um yeah i guess I haven't clicked on the link because I don't want to be spoiled, but I will put that in the show notes so uh, anyone else who wants to read up yeah, on it. I don't
2: I don't remember the the alternate origins either, but yeah, I don't.
0: One of the cool things
2: about Atlantis is that, and
1: kind of frustrating things too, is that they do reimagine some of their enemies. Like there's Pegasus Galaxy versions of the Replicators and there's Pegasus Galaxy version of another of like the main Stargate alien races, I don't want to say. And there's no reason to have made them replicators because it's completely different. Yeah.
0: Do they yeah. just have the same name, basically? They look. They don't even and... have the
1: same name. Like they, like the Earthers just say, "Oh, those are replicators," you know, and they're not. But it, I don't know. It may be more complicated than it. we'll discuss it when we get into it.
0: Lower, lowercase R rather than the uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There we go. <laughs>
1: although, although we do see. In this season, I think, uh, the kind of the evolution of the replicators, which brings them closer to the Pegasus Galaxy replicators.
0: I'm pretty sure that don't they end up looking like humans?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They do yeah. take on human forms. Yes, yeah, so it's the good old, the, like with the Cylons, the good old budget saving measure. Make your robots look just like humans
2: and you don't have to deal yeah. all the CGI for them. In- including reusing one actor. We won't say who.
1: Yeah, then you can do fun things with your main cast, too, so.
0: That's true. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Yep.
0: I, I'm assuming we're going to get replicator versions of, uh, of SG one. So
2: not saying. Yeah. Walter. No, I mean, no yeah. spoilers. <laughs> <That'd be funny. laughs> yeah.
0: Now that see, that's what I really want to see now. I want to yeah. see <laughs> an episode where um, fake Walter is the villain. Yeah. Just totally out of left field. Chevron. Seven Chevron seven is,
1: is, is not exterminate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including AJ, Jenny N, Matt and Yolanda C, Sean F, and Rachel T. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secret to Stargate and all the shows at Starquest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. And to find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at Stargate at SQPN.com or follow Starquest on social media at facebook.com/slash StarQuest Media or on Twitter at SQPN. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG1, the other guys. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secret to Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you as well.
1: Thanks, Jack, and I hope you told them diplomatically where to shove it.
0: I try to do that at least once a day, so. You have to. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest.
2: Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?
0: Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy, Raising the Bets. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash bets. That's B-E-T-T-S bets.